This podcast is an examination of the historical research of William Branham and his message cult following. William Branham was a minister in the gambling town of Jeffersonville, Indiana, just across the river from Louisville, Kentucky, as early as 1933. He came in contact with the Reverend Roy E. Davis, an official spokesperson for the 1915 Ku Klux Klan, and later Imperial Grand Dragon of the Ku Klux Klan. Davis introduced Branham to the Pentecostal faith and the art of faith healing, which would later be introduced into Branham's stage persona as he took his place among the evangelists in the post-World War II healing revival. Branham is credited by some as being a catalyst for the Latter Rain Movement and Jim Jones of People's Temple. This podcast is not sympathetic to the views of the Ku Klux Klan that William Branham held, but it is disturbing and warrants research. This podcast is an examination of that research. You can find more about this research and other topics on the website william-branham.org. Join us as we turn back the pages of time and examine the controversial issues of William Branham and his message. People who were programmed with the cult teaching from William Marion Branham speak of discernment with other Christians, and there is a great deal of confusion. When other Christians, versed in the scriptural teachings of discernment, hear this word, they are associating it with one of the spiritual gifts, the ability to discern right from wrong, to discern good from evil, to discern the right pathway versus the wrong pathway. But those who were programmed with false teaching from the message of the hour are typically not speaking of spiritual discernment as described by the Apostle Paul. Instead, they are speaking of a mystical discernment as described by William Branham. The two are not the same, and in fact, they are completely different. The definition of the word discernment is the act or process of exhibiting keen insight and good judgment. And the second definition is keenness of insight and judgment. Basically the same thing. Both definitions are based on judgment. The ability to discern and determine which is right and which is wrong. There's no mysticism or signs and wonders <clears throat> to be shown with discernment. It is an inward decision that produces an action. And if you have good discernment, the actions are good. If you do not have discernment, your actions might lead you into a ditch. The book of Judges in the Bible is a good example of discernment, both good and bad. When the children of Israel turned their hearts and minds away from Yahweh, God's anger was against them. Up until that point, God had been their decision maker. And they really had no need for discernment. Yahweh spoke directly to the people and gave them the decision. They did not even have to think about the choices. But when the children of Israel turned to idolatry, God basically said, Okay, if they want to leave me, I'll let them make their own decisions. So in the second chapter of Judges, 
God raised up men to be their judge and to lead them in the pathways that God wished them to follow. Still yet, Israel did not want to listen to these men used for discernment. Though God appointed men among them to make decisions, Israel as a whole decided to abandon these judges, the ones who could discern for them, and turned back to false gods. Judges 2 says this, Then the Lord raised up judges who saved them out of the hand of those who plundered them. Yet they did not listen to their judges, for they whored after other gods and bowed down to them. They soon turned aside from the way in which their fathers had walked, who had obeyed the commandments of the Lord, and they did not do so. Whenever the Lord raised up judges for them, the Lord was with the judge, and he saved them from the hand of their enemies all the days of the judge. For the Lord was moved to pity by their groaning because of those afflicted and those who oppressed them. <clears throat> but whenever the judge died, they turned back and were more corrupt than their fathers, going after other gods and serving them and bowing down to them. They did not drop any of their practices or their stubborn ways. It's interesting how this strategy, though rejected, how this must have worked. I don't believe that the men themselves had the gift of discernment, though that is entirely my opinion. In the Old Testament days, <clears throat> before God sent the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us, God spoke directly to the people using other men as a mouthpiece. I believe that the judges that God raised up were guided directly by God, just as the mouthpieces or the prophets, and they spoke directly to the people, directly by God. It was all part of God's master plan that would one day produce the Savior. But while there were judges in the land, men that God raised up to discern right from wrong, there were also sorcerers. And these men were the polar opposite of the judges. Sorcerers were the men who predicted the future without God speaking. They communicated with the elemental spirits instead of the one true God and were able to see beyond what the human eye could see. Some were necromancers communicating with the dead, while others were able to tell of upcoming events, what the Bible calls fortune-telling. And there is a clear distinction between fortune-telling and the word from the Lord. Yahweh is the beginning and the end. And he knows the outcome before the event even happens. He's the eternal God, not limited to our time and space. And he spoke through the prophets for what we would consider foretelling the future. What is interesting is that while the programmed cult follower thinks of a prophet as a fortune teller of the future, that was just one small portion of what came out of his mouth from the Lord. God did not continually speak of upcoming events through his prophets so that he could attract crowds of people, 
Most of the prophecy given in Scripture was God's voice speaking of the present. And in most cases, the voice said, You have turned to idolatry if you do not repent and turn back to me, the one true God, then you will perish. Because of this, most future predictions spoken by the prophets were describing exactly how this perish would take place. And I use the word predictions very loosely here. This was not predictions in any true sense of the word. A prediction would imply that there is a percentage of chance that the event might happen. When William Branham said, I predict the world will end in 1977, he did not false prophesy. But when he added the words by divine inspiration to that same statement, then his prediction turned into sorcery and sorcery into false prophecy because the world did not end in 1977. There was no prediction when God spoke. God already knew the outcome. He was just telling us what would happen. It was not fortune-telling because the one who planned out the entire timeline of the world was simply telling us what he had planned. When Jesus Christ came to earth, he was God's own son. In fact, in the triune nature of the Godhead, he was God. He said, I and the Father are one, and I will send you the Helper. Jesus Christ, as God, also knew the plan of salvation along with all of the events all along the way. In John 5.19, Jesus spoke the words, The Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For what the, whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. And this verse was twisted out of context by William Branham in order to program the followers that Jesus Christ was just a prophet. Branham claimed that this particular scripture meant that Jesus could not heal anybody until he first saw a vision, or that Christ had had to see a vision before he could know any future events. In other words, he's not God. In 1964, Branham says this, now watch, he said, in St. John 5, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son, that was him, body, can do nothing within myself. Only is what he seen the Father do. Whatever the Father doeth, he showeth the Son. See, I can do nothing within myself, but as I see the Father do it. Then Jesus never performed one miracle until God showed him by a vision, and told him, not told him in his ear, but showed him what I see, not what I hear the Father doing. That's what made him a prophet, like unto Moses, as Moses said. That's William Branham, 1964, the patriarch Abraham. He basically took Jesus Christ and turned him into Muhammad. It's no different. Do you see why we keep pressing forward? So many thousands of people are programmed to believe in a different Jesus. I've had people ask me, many people, why we continue. 
Many people are now seeing that William Branham was a serial liar and a false prophet, but it doesn't matter to them. They still continue following his teaching because they have no problem with what he said from behind the pulpit. They choose to ignore the visions that did not come to pass as he said, the many stories that he gave him about himself that are now proven to be fictional, and the many Bible verses that he either combined or he invented to rewrite the scripture. But the programmed mind does not realize that Branham has programmed a different Jesus into their minds. Like Yahweh, laying out his plan for the children of Israel to produce the Messiah. William Branham laid out his plan for raising himself into a position of authority that was equal to Jesus Christ. Letters have surfaced now between William Branham and Lee Vale, where Branham's telling Vale how to change his writings in Branham's master scheme. Branham had to lessen Christ to a prophet, likened to what he promoted himself to be. Branham had to convince the people that he was the reincarnation of Elijah the prophet, just as his hero did, John Alexander Dowie. Then, every single thing that William Branham said about Elijah, every single praise to the man of the Old Testament, every single similarity between his ministry and the fictional Elijah that Branham described from the Old Testament, Every attribute given to Elijah then became a description of himself. If I convinced you that, the reincar that I was the reincarnation of Abraham Lincoln, and then I proceeded to tell you how great a man that Lincoln was, I would be causing you to praise myself. If I told you that Lincoln never told a lie, and how Lincoln loved to play guitars. Well, you'd also notice that I play guitars, and therefore I must not lie either. <laughs> Branham claimed that Elijah of the Old Testament hated women, a complete fabrication and an addition to the Word of God. And then he pointed directly back to himself because Branham admittedly hated women. He claimed that Jezebel was slain for her makeup. Because Branham condemned makeup. Yet the Bible says that she was slain for her idolatry. Her makeup was just a little tiny speck of sand in the entire universe compared to what Jezebel actually did. When you consider that little point that's on her eyes compared to bringing the worship of Baal into the children of Israel's hearts. They had temple prostitution, even homosexual, and human sacrifice. Do you really think that sacrificing another human, taking their lives, to promote a false god is worse than just a little bit of paint on your eyes? Once establishing himself as a prophet that's equal to Elijah, and then establishing that Elijah was likened or equal to Moses, and then convincing his followers that Jesus Christ was lessened to become equal with Moses. He had to see a vision from the Father. The master plan was in place. At that point in time, 
Branham could take the scriptures, how the Pharisees accused Jesus, the Son of God, who knew everything. He could take that scripture, how they accused him of being a fortune teller. This way, it completely covered up Branham's twisting of the word discernment, the ability to discern right from wrong, and totally twisted into what cult followers are now programmed to believe, that guessing names and addresses that were written on the backs of prayer cards, handed in to the Branham campaign members for review, and submitted to William Branham for prayer. Convincing them that this is discernment. The Bible says to test all things. That is true discernment. 1 John 4, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. That's discernment. Hebrews 5, But solid food is for the mature. Those who have the powers of discernment, trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Colossians 2. See to it that no man takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. 1 Thessalonians 5, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. When you read these things, and you noticed how William Branham raised the importance of the prophets in the Bible far beyond what the Bible teaches, and then he lessens Jesus Christ to a point of blasphemy, it's very easy to see why he gave these fictional stories like the man from Windsor, and the traveling hypnotist. Branham did not want the people to test. He knew what they would have found. Let the prayer cards get out of order and see what happens. We've already shown you some instances on recorded sermons where the great and mighty Oz mixed up the names and their afflictions. He mistakenly put the affliction of the next person in line with the name of the person that's standing right before him. Why? Because God was not speaking to him as they stood before him. He had, a, he had to take a spiritual gift. Branham had to confuse the people as to its meaning and then turn this gift into a guessing game Turn that into a spiritual gift. He could never confuse prophecy. The gift of prophecy is pretty well established. He could never confuse spiritual dreams or the gift of speaking in tongues. Everybody knew that the unknown languages coming directly from the mouths of people who they absolutely knew did not speak those languages was directly from God himself. So what to do? Confuse the people as to what the gift of discernment really was. Take one of the gifts that the people falsely considered to be a lesser gift and turn it into something completely different. William Branham programmed thousands of people to believe that the gift of discernment was the very same thing as fortune-telling. Then he would often quote that scripture describing how the people accused Jesus of fortune-telling 
And at that point, he was lifting himself up to the same level as Jesus Christ. Regardless of the different Jesus that Branham programmed the people to believe, Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God, the one who sits at the right hand of the Father in heaven, the one who sent his Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us and to help us discern right from wrong. And that discernment gift is raising red flags in people all across the world that have now seen how many lies that this man who claimed to be a Christian told from behind the platform on recorded tape. For many, all it takes is to see one single vision failed, and their gift of discernment reminds them that the Bible does not allow for a single, not one, failed prophecy. Or that, that prophet is a false prophet, and we should not listen to him. For others, watching William Branham add to the words of the Bible, like the words, even in you, causes their discernment to sound alarms. But none of these with the gift of discernment see these things and then go around guessing names and addresses that are written on prayer cards, because that is not the gift of discernment. The question for you today is this. Do you have the gift of discernment? And if you've been programmed to believe that that voice that's speaking to you from the heavens is not a gift at all, have you been programmed to believe that that voice that is telling you that this guy is a liar is some evil spirit summoning you to leave the cult that you have been enslaved to? Search the scriptures and read what God says through his word about discernment. You'll quickly find that it has absolutely nothing to do with guessing names and addresses. Who knows? You may find that you yourself already have a spiritual gift. You may already have a gift given by the Holy Spirit and don't even know it. That soul searching that you're doing to see if you've been given the Holy Spirit may be over. Spiritual discernment is a blessing from God. And I pray that each one of you will receive it.